questions prompted by the Sunday sermon. Uh, we are part of the St Paul's Anglican in Carlingford and North Rocks, and we're very excited to be starting a new series. Raj, what happened on Sunday? Sunday just gone is the start of Vision Month. Capello candy, by the yes, way. Sorry, and I didn't sorry, yes, sorry, myself candy. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's a delight to be here with you on a sunny Sydney week. We haven't had too many of those. But sorry, Sunday last week, we began Vision Month Update. And uh, this was a wonderful time. It is my hope that each year we'll be able to just, in a sense, step back and and just think together about what's happening at church, why is it happening. We'll pick different sorts of areas. This time, what we want to do is um, we, we, we go back 12 or so months. February, we had, a, I guess, our first Vision Month. We talked about really the why of the change we're making into team pastoring. And and now what we're doing is delving into four out of five different M's, as we call them here at St Paul's. And so last week was all about mission, and we looked at Luke chapter 24. I really hope that people were um, challenged, inspired, um, convicted, that, I mean, with Luke 24, that, that one word, and, mm-hmm. a really profound word, that joins those couple of verses, I think verses 23 and 24, and that that part of a fulfillment that God is still doing. We, we often talk about Jesus' death and his resurrection as the fulfillment of um, um, the Old Testament, and that is exactly true. So I got the verses wrong. It's, it's the end that joins verse 46 and 47. And it says, verse 47, and repentance for the forgiveness of sin... For the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. Um, and so it begins with the Jewish people and uh, expands out from there. That's what Acts is about. And yet the the thing I found, maybe it's just me, Candy, but I just was really gripped with that word and. Um, and we had the privilege now of being involved in God's work. So that's what Sunday was about. Uh, we heard We heard about the state of mission or evangelism in the not just the broader Sydney Anglican scene. I showed some graphs, but I think people were also challenged. You actually did, did the spot on this occasion and uh, you shared some data too that was that was quite challenging. Yeah, so I did the spot in particular for morning church and for afternoon church. Um, Mick, our brother, did that for North Rocks and Susan did that for night church. But yeah, I just shared that in our combined English congregation, which on a Sunday is about 750 times 800 we've only seen one person who um, has moved from death to life in terms of more moving from not really knowing Christ to knowing Christ this year so it's quite a sobering number when we think about who's joined our church in that time um, who's not a Christian so yeah, yeah it's it's only one out of you know 750 and it's already November so I feel really challenged by that in terms of you know, your question was, how how can we be a part of what God is doing? Because that is what he's doing in this world. He's told us through his word. He wants repentance for the forgiveness of sins to be proclaimed. And we are his witnesses. So how are we going at that? Um, you know, maybe we're working really hard and we're just not seeing the results. Or maybe the results is telling us something about where our heart is at as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we... Um, I just want to also just take a step back and apologize um, to all of our listeners that we didn't get an episode up last week. Um, so what happened is there's a bit of an overlap of the holidays. And that, <laughs> yes, the overlap of the ages. The overlap that's... of the ages. And that I had a, I had a holiday uh, last week. And then Mike, um, who was the preacher for 
um, the passage in Matthew about forgiveness. He actually is on holidays right now. So um, we have kind of overlapped a little bit in terms of um, him preparing to go for holiday as I got back. So unfortunately, that episode is going to come up when he gets back. Yeah. So in a, in a couple of weeks time. So watch out for that. There were three pages worth of questions. so And I think you here. also just said, Candy, Tony Payne was also preaching that day. Yes. We're very thankful for Tony um, making the time to do that and prepare for it and so on. But you also told me you contacted him and Tony just didn't have capacity. Yes, yes, yes. So anyway, we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> I sort there. of came back last Wednesday going, who can do this? And um, yeah, unfortunately, that was maybe a little bit too last minute. So sorry about that. Thank you for bearing with me. Um, Raj, we've got... A first question here, you started the sermon talking about the Sydney Anglican Church numbers compared with the population numbers. So it started off with the population, we've grown 30%, but actually our church numbers in general Anglican churches haven't grown pretty much at all. If It's like dipped, I think something like 0.05% or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this question's about particularly St. Paul's. This person is saying, has our church numbers in St. Paul's done the same thing? Like, have we just stayed the same? Yeah, look, thank you for this question. I I have not actually looked at the answer to this um, for a number of reasons. Um, one is it's actually very tricky to do. In fact, this is the main one. It's very tricky to do because over the last 20 years, as as is well known, St Paul's has, it's, it's always had this approach of innovation. Mm. And so that, that has taken, it's a wonderful thing that our church has just been innovating for different leaders and different staff teams and different lay people. Um, but, but so it's actually quite hard to compare apples and apples because, you know, 20 years ago, the shape of St Paul's was quite different to now. Um, um, I suspect overall we have a marginal increase. The other thing, though, that makes this challenging and really tangential to the point I was trying to make on Sunday, when, when you look at an area like Sydney, like, like the, the, the census data tells us 38% of Australians move every five years. So I think it's entirely, you know, we, we should not expect to be able to look at a particular church and form too many conclusions from that. I was trying to say across Sydney, this is what's going on. So when people move from one area or to another area to another area, this is kind of the consolidated impact of what's going on. When you look at the numbers for all Anglican churches combined, you would expect those sorts of movements to cancel each other out. It's also the truth for St Paul's that we have had a long history of sending people into all kinds of parts of the world. I mean, uh, here we are, like this coming Saturday, it may be too late for those listening, but there's a uh, an MTS um, supporters morning tea for our two new trainees, for Tinnick and Jazz, both from Afternoon Church. It's very um, exciting. It's, it's very, very exciting. It's not indeed. too late. This should be up this afternoon. So you still have space <laughs> to go tomorrow. listeners, come along. <laughs> yeah, that's right, 9.45. Yeah. yeah. But I think when you're looking at a particular church, you, you, you do get into, you know, all of so So I think overall, I, I think there's been a little bit of an increase, but but I don't think that changes the point. When we look at the totality of what's happening in Sydney, it really should be a great cause of concern. And you also showed at St Paul's. We might be a large church, you know, but but how are we using the resources? And I don't mean money. I don't mean property. I mean people yeah. and the gifts that God's given us to be involved in God's work of the message of repentance for sins being preached in his name to all nations. That's right. We are witnesses. That's we are witnesses. That's our identity. Yeah. And I think something like in Carlingford, in terms of the parish, 
there's something I think I was looking at this up. I mean, the new census, I don't know what the data is, but it was like $36,000. So, thousand, go crazy dollars. 36,000 people um, within our parish zone. And I think for North Rocks, it was something like 9,000. It's something like that. Yeah. yeah. So, if we take even just like 10% of this 40 something odd thousand people, there should be about 4,000 people. Yeah. So, we might think we're very big already, but when we think about the field of how big we're trying to reach but we're being witnesses in this area yeah there's actually a lot that we can yeah. do yeah i i think you know st paul's is a regional church and sure we have that census data but i've since i've come i've looked at you know what is the kind of area it's very hard to define yeah it's even um, bigger than that it's, in terms it's of, even people come from all yeah yeah i mean i live in carlingford but plenty of us live in pendant hills you know live in thornley different places yeah so. Oatlands, you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's me, Oatlands. That's right. Um, Raj, we've got a question here about, now you've talked about we being innovators and things like that and church planting in the past. In here, this person's just noted that Jesus was here and he sent the apostles to plant churches. Now, St. Paul's has a focus to grow our church, but what about, you know, the focus of distributing and planting churches rather than go, growing a larger one here in a singular size like what do you yeah. think about that strategy well look thank you for this question i love talking about this stuff and and you know often do i think i just want to encourage us our focus here at st paul's is to see the kingdom of god grow um now that certainly includes what's happening at our church but that also includes an impact on other churches and planting new ones. It has been quite interesting and, and, you know, at the moment some are aware there's a vision group at North Rocks that's talking about the future and so on. Part of that's been talking about the past. And um, it, it planting churches 20 years ago was something that was done extensively. One of the things we're grappling with at the moment is the environment has changed quite significantly. We're now in a post-Christian age we're now in an environment where it's not as easy to meet in public spaces. Um, in fact, just the other day, apparently it's been five years since the plebiscite for same-sex marriage was passed. Mm. That has had a significant, not just the plebiscite, but the whole issue has had a significant um, um, impact on the ability of Christians' freedom and meeting in places and different things. Yeah, it's a good question because I remember going to the um, FIEC Fellowship of Independent Evangelical Churches conference and just talking about you know even um thinking through andrew thorburn and how he got in quite hot waters over a sermon that someone had found online from 2014 and a very i remember being in this conference and churches just saying well we could have the same thing happen to us and we get kicked out of the school that we're meeting in which is a government building because of certain things yeah. that we might be found to be in the sermon so i I, yeah. I am very aware that is a very live and real issue for some churches but please don't hear me saying because of that we should not plant churches. Mm, we absolutely yeah. should. Um, and so so at the same time, and part part of all of this was the case, I've talked a lot with my predecessor, Gary Kewan and others, but part of, you know, establishing a facility here at St Paul's, a larger facility, was also to enable more people to come. And as I talk with colleagues, having a larger base of operations, if I can put it like that, um, that is a means to an end of of planting, of repotting other church into other churches as needs and opportunities arise. So this particular question, I want to say it's both and. 
Um, I, and I, I welcome this opportunity just to say the focus of St Paul's is and continues to be and should be to see the kingdom of God grow. Yeah. Um, be that through the singular, bigger church growing or planting. Yeah, all of it. We need both, yeah. We need both. Yeah. Which, by the way, a lot of church planting theory comes back to a paper Tim Keller wrote in the 1990s. And, and in his paper, Tim Keller said exactly the same thing. What do we need to do to reach more people? Do we revitalise or do we plant, in, in his language? And his conclusion was we need both. Mm. And of course we need both. Um, God has... God has blessed established churches with loads and loads of resources. Again, I'm not talking about property, although that's true. I'm talking about people who have all kinds of gifts um, and an imperative, verse 46 and verse 47 of Luke chapter 24, to be involved in the fulfilment. We have a question here about church. And this question is saying, is church more like a business with KPI targets and mission? Or like a family where there is care and love? Or is it a bit of both? Uh, thanks, Candy. I welcome this question coming to you because I've been meaning to talk to you about your... your you, you, you haven't hit some targets. <laughs> <laughs> this is, we're going to have a review, a formal review, right after this episode of The Extras. Yeah. Um, it's, it may not just be maternity leave. <laughs> um. No, we're joking. Well, we're to, although we are actually having a review afterwards, yeah, and and that is just that is, yes, we do that sort of thing. Yes, we do develop targets. Yes, we do we do all of that because we want to be involved in stewarding the resources God has entrusted to our care as effectively as possible for His kingdom. Again, very much like Luke twenty four, um, um, but. I guess where we're different to a business, I mean, we joke and candy, we get on well, we can joke, but um, um, where we're different to a business, we have to remember God is sovereign. And we can plan, we can think and do our best with God's help, but in the end, God's sovereign. And so if, you know, for example, one wants to see 100 people become Christians and 50 people become Christians, I cannot imagine that that would be a reason we would say to anyone, you didn't meet your target. See you later. That's we're, we're, we're quite different. We have to remember God's sovereignty in that regard. Um, care and love, absolutely. The images of the Bible. You know, 1 Thessalonians 2, Paul talks about he cared for them so much. He gave them not just the gospel, but, but his life as well. And, and uh, this, you know, coming Sunday, we're looking at John chapter 15 when we come to membership. And there's this glorious image of a vine abiding in Christ and remaining in Christ and a picture of intimacy um so so i think the answer here is both we we want to be a church community that has care that has love and at the same time is outward centered um, and in all of those things you're involved in maturity and you've gone through with maturity drivers how is it we can do the best job that we, that we mm. possibly can with the limited resources that we have so right just to probe a bit deeper into that so we've just said god is sovereign He's the one who brings people into his kingdom and matures his church. So why should we bother having mission and bother having targets if God is sovereign? Like, doesn't that mean we should just let God lead and not, yeah. Yeah, thank you, Candy. I'm very happy to probe further on this or anything else. Um, both, both work together. God has given people gifts. 
we see in acts repeatedly they they're just it just it's, it's tantalizing and fascinating how much it actually talks about numbers in acts and we just see this um I actually find it inspirational for disciples. They would stop at nothing to see. The apostles at that stage would stop at nothing to see God's kingdom expand. And they're constantly reassessing. You know, Acts chapter 6, let's get together. Let's turn over the responsibility for waiting on tables to others so that we can be more effective and focus on um, uh, the word and prayer. Mm. And, and so that's the kind of thing they're constantly... How can we use limited resources well... And all of that, of course, is happening under God's sovereignty. Yeah. So I don't see them as opposites uh, at all. In fact, they both they both should work together. I think, I think you know quite beautifully. Um, and and we all know what it's like to have a focus or a target that we're thinking on. It makes us more effective. Yeah, and I guess when we don't reach it, we could ask. Yes, God is sovereign, but were there also in His sovereignty were there things that we did or didn't do? Yeah that meant things didn't work out the yeah. way that it could have potentially because yeah. God does use us in his sovereignty. He doesn't bypass us, but he actually uses, he us. uses us. So, yeah, I think it's good to question how is he using us? How can he be using us? Yeah. Kind of uh, the other thing that comes to mind, you know, Proverbs 8, wisdom was the first of God's works. And, sorry, did I say Proverbs 8? I think it's Proverbs 1. Um, it's Proverbs 8. I think, you know, let's talk about wisdom and how he's saying, yeah, okay. she's saying Proverbs I was with God from the beginning. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And God has made our world function according Oops, to, sorry. you know, certain patterns. Mm. And and so we can learn and um, I could go on about this as many would be aware, but but, but I won't. Both work together. Um, we, we are not quite like a business because God's sovereign. At the same time, we can benefit enormously from insights from our world and and that is about caring and loving and seeing more people become part of god making a people for himself thank you raj the last one is not so much a question but just a quote so this person wants to encourage us the quote by dave jensen i believe when it comes to faith in this nation there is an opportunity a great hope for australia that we're not dealing with a group of people who hate christianity or hate god we're actually dealing with people who don't understand Christianity, who don't understand who Jesus is and what he's done. Yeah, I I resonate with that quote. And I've, I've seen similar quotes in lots and lots of different places. Um, and people who have been at St Paul's for a while no doubt have heard me talk about some different surveys. And there's always a new survey. But this is the consistent message in the survey. We, I think what happens, we get influenced by what we read in the media coming out of a post-Christian society that... There's no doubt about it. It is true that you know less people um, adhere to even believing that there's God, but you know the majority of people still think that there is a God. And survey after survey, I, I think I shared a year ago, forty-seven percent of Australians coming out of COVID were searching for meaning. I saw some more McCrindle research just a few days ago, um, and maybe this quote's connected with that. And it just talked about on the ground, you know, I think something like one in 10 people would accept an, a personal invitation from someone to come to church. I don't think that's the image we have. I think about half the population believe in that Jesus' resurrection from the dead was a historical event that happened. Um, um, some will be aware I'm, I'm, you know, taking a group from mainly from St. Paul's to Israel next year. I've been looking at some of that just off and on. 
and was talking with someone about that the other day, they just keep discovering synagogue after synagogue around the Sea of Galilee. Mm. They just keep finding more and more things that gives plausibility to the Bible um, and confirms the events of the Bible. And people know this. And so I just, I just want to encourage us that um, um, people have not grown up through things like Scripture and other things understanding Christianity. They're, they're, the base is far, you know, it's, it's just not like it used to be. Don Carson 20 years ago started to say, the majority of people now on university campuses don't even know that there's two testaments in the Bible. Yeah, there's an astounding amount of biblical illiteracy, illiteracy, illiteracy. Um, which has happened as our world has become increasingly secular, but I think also increasingly um, multicultural. And there is, like, I, I imagine things in terms of even, say, like 50 years ago would have been quite different. Yeah. When um, I, I think back to people I know in their seventies, where all of their friends, everybody went to Sunday school. That's just the thing you did, yeah. whether or not you were Christian, whether or not your parents were Christian, you just went to Sunday school. So you were always brought up with Bible teaching. Whereas nowadays, Scripture is optional. Um, but I think all of this gives us, yeah, I think I really agree with this quote. We're dealing with people who don't understand Christianity, who don't understand Jesus is and what He's done. Yeah, and I find it quite fascinating the take off that things like dystopian novels have had over the past few years and as we think about um i, th- I think about even doing hope explored so in hope explored we've got um, one of the weeks where we ask the participants where do you think this world is going do you think it's getting better do you think it's getting worse do you think it's chaotic do you think it doesn't make sense and everybody in the group just said they think it's getting worse because we've had yep. so many things happen over the past two years. We've got a war currently going on. Um, well, almost, not even two years, like, you know, more than that now. And people are in despair. And people want answers. They want hope and they want God. So we actually have this wonderful thing that we can offer. And yep. um, I think we shouldn't assume other people don't need it. No. Mostly because the Bible tells us they do. So. Yeah. Yeah, And I just want to encourage people, um, you know, on Sunday you and others talked about the prayer cards, the, the Next Steps prayer mm-hmm. cards, which really is all about trying to help us have specific people in our head um, and pray for them so that we can work out the next step when the opportunities arise and take up the opportunities yeah. we're talking about. Yeah. yeah. And I'd also encourage people, if you've got people in your next steps, um, you know, keep praying for them, but also be open to who God might lead into your life. So I've been praying for one of my neighbors um, and nothing much has happened. But then coincidentally, I um, started, I met with my barista and um, we started chatting, which was not someone that I expected God to bring into my life, but he did. And then so I started... Barista, B-A-R-I-S-T-A. Yes. Not be a... Not barrister, <laughs> but barista, someone who makes my coffee. That's right. Um, yeah, and I've been praying for opportunities there. So I think, um, yeah, I mean, without saying too much, because you might very well meet her at church, so I don't want to I don't want to you know, say too much. And she goes, go on the podcast and be like, she's been talking about me. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, just be open to that. I think sometimes we can also... Um, we, we want to pray for, for people, but there are also, I think of my brother and my mum who might keep praying for, but you know, you also want to keep reaching out to others. So 
so just keep going you know yeah yeah well it's been great um, to chat to you Raj and to be able to share a bit about mission and about the questions we have what's happening this coming Sunday so this coming Sunday week two vision um, update month and we're going to be focusing on membership John chapter 15 I mentioned in passing a few moments ago just this incredible image of being part of a vine um, uh, the vine of course Jesus is the true vine where we're we're branches connected to that vine, which means we're connected to each other. And so we're using that as a foundation to talk about membership. Wonderful. Looking forward to that. Um, and hope to see you guys on Sunday. See you then. Thanks.